you're rocking the, the jet green right now. Adam Sandler. Right. Number one, you were rich, Eisen. The second will be, I see Brad Hirschberg <laughs> being your father. Dennis Miller. The autumn wind is caused by global warming. <laughs> Uh, a legend in the booth, Jim Brockmire. I do love watching Tebow play. I mm-hmm. gotta say, he just he combines all the fiery leadership of Ray Lewis with the uh, with the throwing ability of Ray Lewis. <laughs> and uh... I don't download many podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen podcast. Here's your host, Rich Eisen. Welcome to the latest edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast. Here we are on the very cusp of June, otherwise known as the month before training camps open in the National Football League. That is the the slim way we view the world here at the network owned by the National Football League and the media that brings you this podcast each and every week. Uh, Chris Law, my trusty podcast producer on the other side of the glass. Richard, how you doing? NFL.com's Chris Law. Although there, there really is no one way to pigeon you, Chris. You know, there's, yeah, there's, that's, uh, that's, there's not one medium to tie you down. You I'm, got too much. Uh, you got too much on your plate. Kind of like Magic Johnson. I can go one through five. I can play it all. You know? Is that is that the right? Did side. you just compare yourself to Magic freaking Johnson? Who is Penn State's most famous basketball player? Oh, you should just be that guy. Uh, actually, oh. he wrote a book about his uh, his life, didn't he? Uh, je- well. Well, Jesse, no, I'm, no, I'm talking about the center, John Amici. Oh, John Amici, Amici yeah. No, no, Amici's pro- well, he might be one of our He's most famous, definitely most famous. Joe Crispin is is loyal in my heart. The guy was okay. What about, out what about Calvin Booth? Calvin Booth, I've played against him at the intramural building on Penn State's campus. That's Chris Brockman Jeez. poking the Chris Law uh, Nittany line rattlesnake over there. Good to see you, Chris Brockman. Rich, good, good to, to see you. you. How are you? Um, I'm great uh, for a couple reasons. One is our guest today is Matt Light. Oh, I'm great. New I feel Patriots. great about that. I know, because you're a Patriot fan. That's true. You are uh, straight out of Goodwill Hunting Central Casting. I was an extra. Um, Matt Light is one of my favorite people to interview in the soon-to-be nine years that I've been doing this job in full. Love this guy. Purdue Boilermaker, funny, engaging, intelligent, and a champion. Eleven years three in the NFL, over. three Super Bowls, five Super Bowl appearances, and the protector of Tom Brady. Had the man's blindside ever since uh, Mo Lewis ruptured the internal organs of Drew Bledsoe. Uh, Matt Ooh. Light was protecting uh, Tom Brady's blindside. And uh, and Matt's going to be here. And of course, uh, I will get him to reveal every secret of the New England Patriots possible. Obviously. Because why not? I mean, the man's retired. What does he, what have, does to he have to lose? Exactly. You know, I know they'll, they'll, they, you know, he wants to get inducted into the New England Patriot Hall of Fame or Ring of Honor one day. I think he's going to be in regardless if, if he if he tells us the secrets. And he probably wants to be a member of the media at some point, so he's. Oh, he is part of the paparazzi. Total Access. He was on Total Access oh, yeah. last week. Did the so car wash? He's already there. Did the car wash, including the Bristol car wash. I think I saw him on in the whole Bristol car wash. Yeah, I think he was there just which, before. You know, so is what it is, as they say. It is what it is. That's fine. It's totally cool. I went through the car wash for, for seven plus years. <laughs> and before I was at the car wash of Bristol, I was in Redding, California at KRCRTV, the spirit of the North State, as they say, and that ABC affiliate up in the Redding Chico market. And another reason why I'm excited right now is to your right, Chris Brockman, listening to us prattle on for the last couple of minutes is one uh, Katie Brown, who uh, I spent um, an entire, uh, I guess, 
two semesters at uh, the Medill School of Journalism back in the day. Twelve month program. Twelve month. Well, I went for nine months. Oh, I, he was remember, too smart. I so did. He got I the got to skip the first three. I got to skip the first three months of that program while Katie and the rest of the. They didn't uh, want him for a graduates. whole year. He drove him crazy. No, 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 oh, no, no. I, I had my three years of experience at the Staten Island Advance <laughs> newspaper in my hometown of Staten Island, New York. So I didn't have to do the who, what, when, where, and why. Uh, I gotcha. guess for intro- introduction, I just cut straight to the heart of the matter and showed up um, in December of 1993. Ninety-three. Showed be. up actually September of ninety-three. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Katie uh, and I went to school together. And then uh, Katie got a job at uh, KRCR Television in uh, Redding, California. I got my first job before Rich. She did, and told me that there was a job opening. I applied, and through uh, so much, you followed in her footsteps. Well, I did. I did. I may not be sitting here today if it isn't uh, wasn't for uh, thank you. His parents, of Katie Brown. <laughs> his parents still credit me with the beginning of his career. That's amazing. I, I don't recall that. But I mean, <laughs> can we get Richard? But anyway, uh, Katie, Katie, Katie's one of the people yeah, in, in my. I know, and that's why I. She was here uh, visiting family and uh, here. Um, so you're not from out here? No, I live in Portland. From Northern California. I'm from oh, Northern California, yes, but from, I live in Portland. She lives in Portland, where you have spent the last 15, 15 years. Years. Wow. Yeah, a long time. And I assume you mean Portland, Oregon, not no, Portland, 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 Oregon. Oregon. No, 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 that's right. Oregon. That's right. Portland, Oregon. Fifteen years. What's the television station? I was 15 years at KATU TV. KATU Television. She's, she's seen the Portland Trailblazers go up oh. and down and up and down. and Yeah, all over the place. And the Oregon Ducks and the Oregon State, Oregon State uh, Beavers. Beavers. And the Portland Timbers now. Don't forget Major League Soccer. Okay. Which is like, huge, not, in, the, <laughs> huge not, in the Northwest, right? It is. Soccer's we have, huge. Well, I mean, up in Seattle, for we sure, We have a too. lot of Seahawks ticket hold, season ticket holders in Portland, too. Yeah, they that's right. So the hours. Seahawks are definitely... The, the Portland market is all well, Seattle, Paul, right? Paul Allen saying? also owns the Blazers. That's true. Yes. That's the so connection. there's a lot of ties the there. The crazy tweeter of the, of oh, the NFL God. draft. That guy's crazy. The Tweetmeister. All right, so have at it. Have at it. Katie knows, in other words, what I was sitting with the whole setup is that uh, she knows where all the bodies are buried. <laughs> Essentially. I don't even know where to so, begin. Well, I was so there. you guys met in class? Yes. At, at yes. school. So how, what is the first social hangout like? Uh, you guys, after you guys, your class goes out for a few few beers, you guys working on a project together, a presentation, and all a of camera? It. Yeah. All, all of it. All of it. Everything. And in fact, Rich and I were working on our projects together, our final projects, mm-hmm. and there was the mother snowstorm of all snowstorms. And our teacher advisor rick brown was like oh it's not well you do your rick brown impersonation oh i haven't done that in years he was a mumbler he was like the guy from dick tracy he was a dick tracy villain we were all afraid of him we We were were all afraid of him him, but it was because he because he that's the best part about the medill school of journalism program all the teachers all the teachers treated us gave us a glimpse of what the real world was going to be they were not there to prod us they all gave us the real life this is the way your superiors are going to treat you type lesson, right. which could not have been that, that was, was maybe the most valuable yeah. stuff out of that program. Right. I mean, yeah, so, he so scared me down to my he, socks. Rick Brown. He didn't talk much, but he, man, he was scary anyway. So he, he acted like this was a few flurries coming down. And I mean, Rich couldn't get Rich's car was buried for about a month. He couldn't get it. What's, out. What's, uh, what's, what's, what are you driving? Right, right, yeah, what are you driving? I was days? driving a Honda Accord. <laughs> I was, and and by the way, it was <laughs> in a, it was in a great parking spot. Like I didn't want to move it. <laughs> he didn't have to. And, once the and snow before, came. this is how bad the snowstorm was. Is before I moved out to Chicago, I had the key punch 
um, security system disabled because it was it wasn't working half Freeze. as much. So they cut the. I watched the Staten Island Honda uh, person <laughs> cut the wires on this thing and tie them off. Cut them. Whole system was disabled. Never used it once. And when the the uh, the time came for me to move my car, finally. In the middle of this snowstorm, I had to move it. Otherwise, it would get towed. It still got towed anyway because when I turned the key, the snow and the freezing cold reactivated <laughs> the alarm system. Must have attached the wires in some way. I'll never forget as it was driving, as being towed down the road and snow. You could hardly see it. It was 10 feet in the distance, and you couldn't see it anymore. But you could hear it, hear it. because the alarm was going. <laughs> nice. That's how bad it was. And we had to go out in and that. And do our final project. Yes. And we had to shoot stories. And Rich, because, you know, Rich is always ahead of the curve. And he knew that Nightline was going to be doing a story the following year on the um, Northwestern Athletic Program and how they struggled to compete in the conference given they were, you know, the smart kids. And so he was doing his whole project on Northwestern Athletics. And we had to, you know, go up to Evanston, do all these stories. And um, it was a nightmare. It was. In the snow. I interviewed the uh, the basketball coach at the time was the, the late Ricky Birdsong. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you remember, he got uh, he got gunned down on the streets of... Uh, well, and he's the, he went up in the stands, right? Oh, uh, he, he did before the... that, but yeah, <laughs> yes. I mean, uh, the late Ricky Birdsong and uh, uh, the career, uh, uh, the late uh, career-wise uh, head coach uh, of the... Uh, Gary. North, yes. Gary Barnett. Gary Barnett. Gary Barnett who then went to Colorado based yes. on him taking Northwestern to, to the, Rose uh, the Rose Bowl. And we all know uh, Gary's. Uh, and this was the, the year before. Some issues, yeah. Yeah, Some this issues. is the year before the Rose Bowl. This is the year before the Rose Bowl. I know, that's Bowl. right. And he was talking about making it, and we were all like, okay. And turn it around. Right we were thinking, yeah, okay, yeah, whatever. Okay. Yes. But bottom line is, uh, I, um, Katie was the camera operator. I, did, yes, I shot his story. Right. And then I then turned around and I was, was the camera sure. operator for yours, which was, <laughs> I, it sort of slips too. my mind because it wasn't nearly as, fact, what was your was, final project on again? Was, what was it on again? What did I have to frame up border. and focus and white balance for? What did I have to do? It was on border crossers. Border crossers, which by from, the way, is from very, Canada or yeah, from, border crossers wait, from Indiana. I forgot what it was. From Iowa. It was border crosses, as you know. It was the scourge of Chicago. It was kids here from Chicago who lie and say that they live in the rich surrounding school districts so they can go to the better schools. Uh, I'm sorry. I just, anyway, I that's, just an episode, that's an episode of Friday Night Lights, right? That is true. It wasn't sorry. nearly as exciting, and this is when we were in the middle of shooting our projects. Rich said to me, you know, I think maybe you should rethink this news thing. I'm thinking maybe you should be in sports because you like my projects more than you like your own. <laughs> <I know. laughs> and is by the way, a, I was right. Was that a big issue in 1993? Oh, come on, man. Come on. Jerry it's the Mandarin scourge of Chicago. Kind of. It's the scourge of Chicago. But I'm sure it happens uh, quite a bit. And uh, so I was shooting that. And then we went to Washington, D.C., which was the final three months oh. of the program. Now, that was Well, that he was scored because awesome. we all had little. We all had local TV stations we reported for. He, of course, reported for one from Arkansas. And who was president at the time? Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton. Ah. And who won the national championship Arkansas in March? Arkansas Razorbacks. 
So, Rich, we're sitting there as Rich is going Nolan. to the White House <laughs> and interviewing Bill Clinton. Big, big well, I mean, I didn't interview him. Uh, the station, the local station, K-Hog, were the, um, were the, were yes. the uh, news center, I think, 4029 was the uh, station because it was Fort Smith and, Fort Smith and, and Fayetteville. Fayetteville. Right. So, um, My friend worked for them. Did they? Did he? Did, who? He uh, or she? No, my friend Rich, who knows Jim Mora, who worked in Louisiana, wow. worked for that. That was his first job. He was there eighteen months. And so, that, who's the Kevin Bacon in that scenario right there? That's that's four degrees, yeah. I think, <laughs> of separation. Yeah. Well, Rich was the star because. Why would you say that? No, no, no. Because <laughs> we were. I will have to say, he did these stories and. You know, over the national championship, I can't remember some of the other. So well, they kept getting picked up by the CBS overnight news. Here yeah. were stupid little students reporting for free, begging to try and get our stories on TV. And Rich is going on the network news overnight. Well, here's what I did is because as Katie was explaining, the the Northwestern setup was all of these local stations. There's a bunch of local stations around the country that couldn't afford essentially to have a correspondent in Washington D.C. So they used us. The students, as their correspondents, the correspondents. Gotcha. probably paid you know paid the school some money, and the school's like, fine, we don't pay the kids; right. <laughs> they'll just get it for experience, which was great. Yeah, no, it was, it was awesome. Fantastic. It was a great setup, right? So we each got uh, an affiliate, a television station I was assigned at the to Orange us. Orange County News, News Channel, Channel. Well, OCN. Oh. Now that was not yes. bad. That was a good. One. I was jealous. Was I'm like, wow, assignment. how'd you get Orange County News yes. Channel? Yeah, she got OCN. Not to be confused with OCNN. That's true. Yes. Which is a completely different. Completely you know, different. that's the you know the Ocho Cinco News <laughs> By the way, that would be great. I would have loved to have been an OCNN correspondent for the Medill School of Journalism. So uh, I not only you know did my stuff for K Hog. Um, but I decided I went to uh, Professor Lou Prado, who, by the way, is the Penn chief State historian Nittany. of Penn State yes. Nittany Lion football. Oh, you have read you have read articles written by him. He has, uh, Katie. He has, I believe, written the the absolute one hundred percent lock solid historical book on the history of Penn State football. Yes. And nice. I went to a Penn State game with him. He is Mr. Penn State. Mr. Penn. And when and I went and when uh, before I interviewed at the radio and television news directors association, uh, the RTNDA um, uh, uh, convention, uh, interviewed Cal Hunter, our former boss at at KRCR Television, the guy who you said you got to hire this guy. Yes. You told Cal to hire, and I uh, twist his arm fifteen ways to Sunday. Uh, he was there. And before I interviewed with him, I watched a Penn State-Michigan game with Lou and watched Michigan lose, I believe, for the first time against Penn State and maybe first and only time in like a 10-year span. This was uh, 94? Yes, sir. Yeah, I remember the game. Bobby Ingram over the middle kind of touched Yes, sir. That, we and I watched that with him in his, in his hotel room with him and his wife and all these other Nittany Line freaks. Oh, yeah. But yeah. at any rate, uh, Professor Lou Prado um, – I went to him and I said, listen, why, can I do sports stories for all the affiliates? Like, I'll be I'll be the feature, sports feature guy. So I ended up not only doing for K-Hog uh, a feature, uh, a story on all of the Arkansas uh, congressional delegation staffers watching the national championship game at a bar to add the flavor Nice for K-Hog. I uh, covered the... 
Olympic team. Remember the Winter Olympic team went to the White House. Lillehammer. Yes, the Winter Olympic team came to the White House to be honored by Bill Clinton. They gave him a signed luge and stuff like that. I did Great. a piece on that for all the affiliates, and that's what made it the overnight made news. Made the overnight news. And made the morning news. Somebody, buddy of mine from New York, is calling me up saying, "I'm watching you on Good Morning America." And I'm like, "What?" Yeah, Are you that talking was, we were about? out of our minds. Like we you were students, you don't even great. have your degree, was like, masters in journalism huh? yet, and you're on Good Morning America. And and the uh, yeah, that I was like, what? And the, and the first piece with the uh, Arkansas Razorbacks, somebody somebody else picked it up, and I remember Professor Prado, and this per- perfect example. Uh, went in and I didn't do another. I, I don't think I did another story for like ten days after that. <laughs> he said, "Oh, he I he was so mad. He was. I mean, he called you out like, like what do you think your career's done now or <laughs> something? <laughs> because you made he did. you don't have to Big do time. anything else the rest of the semester. I'm telling you, that was great. Big time. It was great. Like I knew 100. percent You know, who's calling you? That's not. That's not. That's not me. Who in the world's calling? Me either. That's not me either. That's not me either. Somebody might have left. Somebody the phone left. In it. There. Did Damashek leave his phone in here? Most likely. Oh, boy. Uh, but, but anyway, because yes. of that, I must say. So anyway, Rich was the star student from back when. Oh my god. He was. He was. But Who, so anybody else in this class that we would know? Because Northwestern pumps out a lot of well-known. Uh, Alina people. Cho, who is on yeah. CNN. Well, she was in an art class. She was. But the, we, she, she was we graduated at the same time. Right. We just sort of did reverse programs. But she right. was technically we graduated with her. Did we? Yes. We walked with her? We walked with her. Okay. She just flipped. I thought she was just the program. She was the, you know, in front of us. No, we walked with her. Here's another funny story. You were with And me, you hadn't heard of me before? Oh, no. I, I said in addition to the <laughs> two of you. Of course. I'm kidding. Yeah. And were you were you with me at Jordan's retirement press conference? Did you come with me? Or you didn't? Because we uh, were in the Chicago Wait, quarter. You were at Jordan's? Retirement press conference. I was at Jordan's in the Chicago no, quarter. No, I wasn't. Jordan's first retirement in press October conference. In October of 93. When he, when he left to play baseball. Right. right. And also uh, no, Jim, but- Jim Riggleman's introductory press conference oh, okay. as the new Cubs manager. Oh, okay. I was there for that. And it was a noontime presser. I showed up at 10.30 just to get there early. <laughs> so I also get out of class. Showed up there at 10.30. Guess who was sitting there already? Three Bloody Marys in. True story. Harry Carey. Really? Yes. Already, like at Will Ferrell, like Will Ferrell, whatever Will Ferrell's imitation is, 100% Did you talk to him? Spot on. Of course I did. What of course was, I did. Just chatted like? for like 15 minutes. Jim Riggleman is going to be one of the greatest <laughs> Cubs managers of all time. Mark my words. And of course, it wasn't just me there. There were the beat riders listening right. to him. He was singing the praises of Jim Riggleman, who lasted, what, like, uh, no, no, it was not Jim Riggleman. Tom Treblehorn. Sounds I thought, the I thought same, Jim, right? Riggleman, uh, Jim Riggleman was the White Tom, Sox. I yeah, thought. no, Tom Treblehorn. I don't remember. The, yeah, Tom Treblehorn. Yeah, At any rate. I think Tom Treblehorn. I'll have to look that up. Um, okay. Oh, yeah. but you know what we did watch together? No. What? The Ford Bronco. Yes, we did. We were at our graduation from Northwestern. We were out to dinner with our parents. Yes. While in a bar in Chicago. In a bar in Chicago while the Bronco chase is going on. And we were watching, you know, the split screen of the NBA finals. Right. Spurs and Knicks. Yes. And so we were at dinner and I remember I was saying like, we we can't really sit. Like history is going on. Yeah. We left the table. So we left the table. Rockets, Knicks. That's right. Rockets, Knicks. Right. Hakeem Olajuwon. Yep. Rockets, Knicks. Right. So we, I remember we left the table because we were, when we sat there saying like, this is history. 
that is going. Yeah, we left. Is, was it but June seventeenth? It was whatever that yeah, day was. With the white Ford Bronco, and I remember, I remember, I was at dinner. We went to dinner, and I'm like, I can't believe I'm missing the Knicks and the uh, the Rockets. And uh, and they remember they had it on a split screen. Yeah, it has right? split and screen. And they had the little. And there were like thirty of us around. It wasn't just us who no, left no, our no, table. No, it wasn't just us. The whole the whole the whole place left their table watching the white Ford Bronco, and I just knew. I <laughs> There was just the pins dropping, and I'm like, "That was a flagrant foul." <laughs> you were looking You're at me watching like, the Knicks game. <laughs> but I'll, I will never forget because we turn everyone turned the, the sound up, and it was oh, Tom yeah. Brokaw who yep. was an- anchoring the coverage for NBC. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget Brokaw was finally Going after back and OJ forth with Bob Costas. As soon as OJ was done, as soon as OJ surrendered himself, got out of the car, and went back into his house. I'll, I'll never forget this. You know, Brokaw is like, we'll have more on this later on on NBC Nightly News. You know, let's go back now uh, to <laughs> uh, a game. No, it, was, it wasn't Costa. It was Marv. Yep. It was like, let's go back now to uh, the game uh, five and in progress and Marv Albert. Yeah. So this is why Marv's one of my favorites. Marv, you know, I grew up from New York. This is Marv. Marv's the greatest. Yes. And so Marv goes like this. Uh, that is uh, what's happening in Southern California. <laughs> And we'll have more on that later on. Pause. Third quarter here in Madison Square Garden. Knicks down by, you know, like, just like pause. And, then and we're, we're back. back. And we're, we're back. back. I mean, that's it, right? How else do you broadcast yeah, something like awesome. that? But you know, I do remember that. Yeah, I mean, I that, remember was, that. that was our graduation day and mm-hmm. family dinner. Yeah, it was. And Rich and I anchored our first show together in Chicago. I think we were, I, I was oh, your God. first co-anchor. I have the video. No, you he don't. was you have terrible. It. You have the video. I have the video. It oh was, was he like terrible. Ron Burgundy and like you would, oh. you could type anything in the Is there any way you can oh. bring that in tomorrow? <laughs> you have no idea. Can you bring oh that God. in tomorrow so we can put it on TV? <laughs> well, it was, it was all our final projects our were final put project. together. All of our final projects in a news magazine and then they had us anchor. Anchor it. Right? And oh, you were, wow. you, oh God. And oh, we yeah, were co-anchors and I mean we were both stiff. What's the quaff doing at this point in time? Chia pet like. Big hair oh, and boy. he got in big trouble for saying i'll never forget i always think of this line with rich because our professor was so unhappy <laughs> say the line for us rich, oh god you? so i did a, a mock you know sports cast also and i think i said somebody was uh, laying a log right yes so somebody somebody was laying laying a log. A log. and our professor is like you can't say that she was a producer for cbs news and i mean she just broke it can't say laying a log on TV. I mean, she, you would have thought he actually said it over the I air. Should try it. I, should, I should try it on, on game day highlights this fall just to, just to tell just my to professor, see, see? see, I can say, I can say laying a log. It's not appropriate by any stretch of the imagination. There's and no way to work it, it in. It How would, do you work it, it in? It would really be the least appropriate thing that you guys have said on game day finals. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Out of all the highly inappropriate <laughs> things Michael that we've on said. top of the like, We have so many memories. And we were just and, and then we started our actual professional careers together in Redding, Redding California. And wow. I told this she is what I was saying. I told the news director, and... I we brought Rich had to pay his own way to come to Redding oh, yeah. just to interview. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and we went to lunch, the sports director and Rich, and the news director, and me. And I was driving with the news director, and we go back, and Cal Hunter. He said, "Well, Katie, your friend's very nice, but he's not getting the job." <laughs> and I said, Cal. That's your decision, but I will promise you this. If you do not hire him, it will go down as your biggest career mistake ever because he is going to be big one day, and you can either say you're the guy who gave him his start or, <laughs> or you are the, the guy, guy who, who passed. passed on him. Nice. 
Good Cal, that, sound, Cal go, Hunter, that sounds like the name of a... You are too of much. A, of a, Cal Hunter. Yeah. That, that, Cal Hunter. Cal he was, and he was, he was also a... Um, uh, he was the main anchor. He was he the was main anchor. He was one of those. Yes. If you ever... Anybody out there who's starting their career <laughs> and you walk into a shop and your news director is also <laughs> the, the main, main anchor, anchor, look out. <laughs> yes. Look out. <laughs> Cal Hunter, everybody. Let me... Uh, you know, I don't want to... It's a nice man. Sounds like so. <laughs> um, but uh, here's but here's here's the backstory though to that is is Katie was like you know you gotta you know apply I'm, so I apply she tells me the job's open Cal I call him up after he blows me off about five times I call him up and I'm like listen you know I've I've, I've got uh, I just graduated Northwestern blah 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 and he says to me I don't need somebody with a graduate degree <laughs> what I need is somebody who's going to take this three quarter inch camera and go shoot of high school football game and edit it and go and get it on the air in time and 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 be the sportscaster for it i'm like i'll totally do that for you and i'm like you know i have three years of of local news experience i know how to deal with uh you know community relations i know i know exactly what what makes a, a community tick staten island new york and right. Reading, california may not be you know anywhere close to anything like when i went out to Reading, it was like a an episode of Northern Exposure, like the New York Jew in the forest with these, you know, people. Were you were out of place people. there. I was a little bit out of place. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little bit out of place there. A I mean, you're bit. from Northern California, so you, you know, you're 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 just down the road about four hours where you grew up. So at any rate, um, so I, I, he says to me, if the job is still open at the uh, RTNDA convention, I was telling you about where I saw the game with Lou Prado. If the job's still open, I will see you then call me in a couple weeks call him is his job still open yes the job is still open i've stayed in my brother's couch because he's from he, my brother who lives down in the south bay stayed on his couch and uh and interviewed and he said you need to now make your way up to reading so he can audition you which as you said i paid my own way the reason he, now and then eventually he did hire me here's the reason why not just your prodding and kind, <laughs> your, your, your kind words, Katie. The reason why why was the news director of of KRCR Television at the Radio and Television News Directors Association convention in Los Angeles? Well, uh, uh, the station had just acquired the rights to air the syndicated talk show Marilou. Yeah, Marilou Henner. Marilou Henner, good one. Who was in person at this convention, and he went down to interview her for like a three-part series or something. Wow, <laughs> you know, cross promotion. You know, wow. Plus, I'm sure he wanted to hang with Marilou Henner, knowing him. But at any rate, um, so that's why it was still open there. Reason why the job was still open is: Did you did I, have you ever heard this story? You've heard I, this story. I don't know that I have. He wanted a hire. The reason why he, he wasn't interested in hiring me might have been tenfold, and you you may have helped erase like nine of his ten inhibitions. <laughs> but the one thing that he wanted he wanted to hire the guy who was like the number three to Royal Courtain at the CBS affiliate in our market in Chico. Remember him? Oh, he was a young yes. young guy. Yes, I forget yes, his yes, name, yes. but I he was a young guy, name. just like we we, we were. were. Um, and a uh, young guy wanted to hire him. Only issue is this. The, the uh, station gave us to go out and report a white Ford Escort. They had a fleet of white Ford Escorts at KRCR. You're laughing already. You remember these cars, right? Oh, white yes. Ford Escorts with this station logo emblazoned on the side. So you, Chris Brockman, and you, Chris Law, if you were up there, you knew who was on the scene. 
Makes the sense. spirit of the freaking North State. Makes KRCR sense. Television, the ABC affiliate of the Reddish Kegel Market. Branding. White Ford Escorts. They <laughs> handed you the key to the car. Go out. Go out and shoot that volleyball game or go out and shoot that meeting, whatever you were doing, Katie. We had the White Ford Escorts. The kid from Chico had two outstanding speeding tickets and was deemed uninsurable by the station's insurance agent and thus unhirable. I wow. had a clean driving record. And there you go. Hired. Thank. Wow. I do remember that now. You remember that, that now? Yes. Okay. So my, my uh, advice, so many had people come up to me and say, how do you get started? What's the most important thing? I always say, be yourself. Never take no for an answer. Stop at every red light <laughs> and go the speed limit. It's funny. When I was just... just Never know. When I was getting out of college and looking for TV jobs, because I went to school for TV before I got into print, mm-hmm. that was one of the things on every online application. Yeah. Clean driving record. I'm serious. I'm serious. I if I had an outstanding speeding ticket, I might not. I mean, I might not be here today. I remember that now. That that. that you remember the you remember the white Ford Escorts too. I re- how could you forget? Of course, I remember. Of course, I remember those. And I. One of my, I just have to, one of my favorite time moments ever in Reading with Rich was um, he hired a handwriting analyst. <laughs> you did? I did. <laughs> we, he has told his story, but this woman came in oh and I shot God. the interview for you Rich. Did. And did. we were in a conference room. Well, it was the, uh, the there the was geek. somebody called Jimmy the Geek okay, okay, for the high school football scene in Reading, which, as you might imagine, in any town in America, pretty hot and competitive okay high school football this is really yeah so uh there was somebody out there who would be putting out like this one sheet a handwritten one sheet with these also these odd drawings right that went with each game to not predictions predict and, and also but there it was a lot of cheekiness a involved snarkiness yeah a lot in of there. snarkiness yes. in there and it and it created it ruffled some feathers and a lot of people were wondering who, because it, it would just magically appear in people's mailboxes in schools. So right Rich became slots. the investigative reporter to find out who is. Was, was, it, was it gambling? No, no, no. It was no. just like a in a high school, magically in the coach's Yeah, who's going to win it, between Foothill and Shasta this oh, weekend? Okay. It's going to be Shasta, and here's the reason why. And it was oh. very snarky. But somebody some was of the doing why. it and finding and a way to get Some inside information in was out there, too. Yes. It ruffled some feathers. Some stuff that yeah. people wouldn't know, yeah. you know? And yeah. then they would magically appear at all the different schools and the coach that you know. So people, so Rich set out to find out who is Jimmy the Geek. And and, and the, the only handwriting expert I could find. How old was she? 90? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Are she you 95? Like, she definitely saw the Titanic um, go under. She, yeah. She might have. She might have. She might have dated Leo back in that day. Is your dedication that are you paying for this lady yourself? Or is I, this coming out. I of believe. I did. I. That's a good question. Did no. I expense it? I don't know. I. Had I don't know. But there she wasn't much her, expense reporting. She there. Took her Let me tell you. This is a great story about Cal Hunter, and I'll tell you. We could go on and on about this, and you've got to get going. And Matt Light is Standard, is waiting. Yeah. Um, here's talking about expense report. What was your starting salary? Seven dollars and fourteen cents an hour. An hour. Mm-hmm. Okay, mine was six seventy-five an hour. That's what I got. And by the way, benefits. Ha. Okay. Good, sure. Good, okay. Good yeah. And you're coming out of <laughs> benefits or go buy with a master's. Go, go buy that big yeah. bottle of uh, generic Advil <laughs> at the food for less. That's your. That's that's your. Acme, that's your. That's your health plan. Acme toothpaste. Okay. Um. So. Uh, 
six seventy five an hour. And I remember I was hired. Uh, my first day was election night of ninety four. That was my so first day. In November. November. Yeah. So here it is, right before the holidays, and Cal calls me in, me sitting with him, and he says to me that my probation period is now over, which is great because I didn't know there was a probation period. So it's single secret probation. Okay. That's my first thought as I'm sitting across from this guy. Okay. Like I was on probation. Like, I had no idea. Single se- it's single secret single. probation. Okay. And Not double. <laughs> so he says, my probation period is now over. Congratulations. Well, thank you, Cal. I appreciate that. He goes, you're going to get a raise. <laughs> really? Had a folded up piece of paper stapled at the top. Shoves it across the table at me. You remember the story? She's laughing. Shoves it across from me. I then, you know, as he watches, I have to somehow open the piece of paper because it has been stapled. Has been stapled shut. For no reason. Sealed for, I don't know. Uh, Open it up, and it's a piece of paper typewritten up. Uh, Your salary was blank. Your new salary is blank. In the first blank was written six seventy five. In the new blank six ninety five. Twenty cents an hour. Six ninety five. And I like he and he looks at me like expecting the Hosanna. Yeah, expecting the thank you, like the the gratitude, like waiting for it. And again, you know. You guys, and you all, jeez, you know the way I operate. You know, the, the, the my, my mind is spinning, and the question is, what what does the filter catch? Right. And the filter caught this. Cal, I am so glad I'm going to go out and buy a Snickers. <laughs> <laughs> and it may just have to be fun size. Because that's all, you know, that's, that's... our experience. This is oh, part of how gosh. our relationship as friends have been forged. Because these are days you just you can't replicate. I mean, you can't. No, never. You're you making it and up as you go. We were. We were. We were pretty damn good, though. We, we were really good. You were. Really, you, you were. You I need. Were, I need to see this too. tape of you yeah, two yeah, hosting. Yeah, we got to get that sent to us, and we're gonna put it up on the blog. Oh my yes, God. and I have really the tape. I, I have the tape. I also told him where he said he was boiling in his own sweat. I don't know if you know about that story. No. That was like the greatest. Just tell that real quick, because that's like the best all time. Saturday. Okay, so here's the deal. Uh, at the teleprompter. We'll, we will. We'll end it with this one though, because she has to be downtown at two. Okay. I know. So. All right. Yeah. So uh, the teleprompter um, back in our day when we were anchoring uh, was a foot pedal underneath the desk. Because there's no, you know, so you hand operator. So you did yourself. Yes. So you would you would add you'd add pressure to go faster and right. take your foot. It was like driving a car, and uh, much like driving a car, um, it can crash. It can crash, and so you know, I would sit down for the sports cast. I'd come in, sidle up next to the news anchor, who would then use their foot and pass the pedal underneath in the commercial break. That's how you operated the foot pedal. Well, on Saturday, you were really alone. Like to the point where there wasn't even any handheld. There was no camera operator at all. It would just the, the person who was directing the show would also push the buttons for the tapes, and before that, in the commercial break, set the camera up and leave the room. A two-man band operation for a live broadcast on Saturday. 
What market is this? Reading <laughs> like Chico Market. It's one th- I don't know what it is now. Is it? It's in the low 130s sure. or high 120s now. A lot's changed because we have a three-man band. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> show. It's As you could see, I'm used to this sort of stuff, okay? From the beginning uh, up until the present day. So this, this, this sports cast, I mean, to call it a disaster is really uh, doing a disservice to the Hindenburg. I'm telling you, this nothing worked. The prompter crashed it went to as they say greek right that's what we always do mike mangus yeah. who i can't the believe i mentioned his out. name who's he's the sports director probably i was we talked about it at lunch moments he ago. married me and he was he married director. you yeah. that's right he's a pastor Special also he, he married married katie and saved my job countless times he would never admit that he'd probably get really ticked off that we're even talking about it and that's why i didn't say the word pissed off he'd be pissed he's he'd be still ticked. there he's <laughs> I mean, still there he's still there he's the news anchor now he's since taken over cal's job which is by the way a delicious turn of events let's call it the what it is so um he's a don't you could laugh you're just taking me back it's fantastic it's the truth it's the truth it's the truth so at any rate um uh the the, mike mangus always would go the prompter would go to greek it would be english as you have written in the oh yeah asterisk exclamation point all sorts of things that you know so the prompter's going to greek tapes are going to black the uh, uh, the graphics aren't working properly. I mean, nothing. And I forget the guy. Who was the guy in the back? Oh, he was new. He didn't know what he was doing. Not good. It was bad. Everything was going wrong. So, Except for the picture with Rich's face. Yeah, was still on that me. was in crystal. That was crystal clear. That was working. Of course. So, I mean, seriously, like, boom goes the dynamite does not do this justice. Well, Rich is going... Could you just bring up any video? Any video I'll talk about? I'll, just something. Really? So I, 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 that, I, that's the philosophy. It's like let's talk. Everyone's sitting at home watching this thing crash and burn. We're all seeing this. I'm living it, unfortunately. But you're with me. You're along for the ride. Right. So at one point, I just look at the camera, and it comes back at me after of the 18th time of the video not being there, and it goes to black and pops right up at me. I remember I just looked at the screen. I'm like, I am broiling in my own sweat. <laughs> That was the line. That was the line. It was so gorgeous. Oh, it was gorgeous is definitely of all the adjectives. <laughs> it was one of my most gotta, favorite TV You might have. You were reveling. You're probably sitting at home in your you condo, or whatever. The station has to have this on. I, know, I have it at home. I you have, have that actual. I have that. Gotta bring this all don't. back in. I know. You I don't should bring it with me. In. I have that along with the Northwestern anchoring. I mean, I oh, I no. save this. A I FedEx have it. to us next week, please. This is all going up. Yeah, this, this is has to go up. Okay, Katie, you're the best. It's good to see you. Oh, Rich, this has been so fun. Going down memory lane here. Oh. This is good. You're welcome to call in anytime. <laughs> more more <laughs> stories, please. I'm I know these number. guys would eat it up. Rich on vacation. We're back oh, hosting, and we get Katie on. No, the no, no. The inmates in the asylum are—that's a bad mix. When I'm out of the country, Uh-oh. that's not going to happen. And we have right, maybe it'll those. happen. Whatever. Do what you guys want to do. I don't care. All about it. All right. Uh, thank you, Katie Brown. Katie the pleasure Brown. has been all mine. That was amazing. <laughs> I knew you'd love it. <laughs> Let's get to Matt Light. Well, what an opportunity we have here on the Rich Eisen podcast. This man has been um, has been the protector of Tom Brady for so many years. Eleven year career, he is retired from the New England Patriots, a three time Super Bowl champion. And the best part about this interview, uh, Matt Light, is that you have come on. You have agreed to uh, reveal all of the Belichick secrets. All of the Patriots' secrets in just in just one interview, and I can't I can't thank you enough for agreeing to do that. Yeah, it's thank been a you. lot of fun. I'll see you next time. <laughs>
<laughs> no, really, I appreciate it. It's been fantastic. Wait a minute. I was told you were coming on here and just pulling the curtain back on all that. Did I get bad information? Did I get bad information here? Listen, every now and then you have a, a, a team of people around you that you think you can trust. Yeah. And then I infiltrate your world and see what happens. <laughs> it's a whirlwind of... So, just, okay, so I got bad inform. I got bad information. So, you know, I, I, if you are planning on a career in, in the media, uh, you could do, you could, you could pull a tiki, you know, which is first chance you get with the paparazzi bash your quarterback. Yeah. You could, you could go yeah. there. I could. You could do that. I'm I just, could. I'm, I could pick on a lot of people in that organization, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's but, the, you know, I, as much film as I probably have on them, yes. I'm sure they have an equal oh, amount of dirt on this guy. Oh, you know? really? You yeah. got to watch your back even you though do. you're. Even though you're out of the game, you do, you know, and and I think that um, <laughs> when you when you think about it, right? Yeah. Like, who do you really want to upset the most? It has to be guys on other teams. So sure. I would probably, if I might have my hit list, okay. I would start maybe somewhere else in the AFC East, and then make my rounds and come full circle back well, to the team. OC. We could start with OC, right? <laughs> oh, we've got a great relationship. Just ask him. <laughs> Just, I, he wears that thing right on his sleeve. <laughs> He wears that. I mean, there's lots of guys. Yeah, and he right? took advantage of me. You know, I was ill during the week. I could, I, I didn't even have a good rebuttal. My mind wasn't working right. Yeah, I mean, you were ill during this past Super Bowl week. Yeah, yeah. What what happened? You First time bad... I was sick in years. No kidding. Yeah, it was a stress, man. It was it was the all the stress. comments that he had. And, yeah, you know, thinking about the big game and geez, I couldn't sleep at night. No, you know, I had a little stomach bug. Mm-hmm. We kind of had it floating around and. uh but it was all good. Well, a lot of us thought it was just the savvy veteran of, <laughs> avoiding uh, of media five day. Super Bowl, five Super Bowl appearances, <laughs> eleven seasons, mm. avoiding media day. We thought that that was just a great way to tap out of the podium and not have to answer the same questions being asked of you in a sixty-minute media session. That's what we we yeah, did. You we know, all looked at each other like, okay, yeah, sure. And there was He's part sick. of me that thought, you know, this media day is going to be crazy. Then there was another part of me that said. I know what to expect. Yeah. I can actually combat some of this stuff. And 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 honestly, you know, if you're one of the guys that has a podium and you're actually facing the chaos mm-hmm. versus actually, you know, being on the floor right. in the middle of it, it's it's pretty entertaining. So you've been you've done, you are by the way, you'd have been podium worthy. You did, you did have a podium. I did have a podium. You did have a podium. I think Connolly filled in. Yes, Connolly. I'm sure he, <laughs> he felt great about that. Connolly Connolly would have he would have been no offense to him. He would have been the uh the floor roamer. That would have been his. He would have been roaming he, he the might floor. Have been, but he had a perfect, perfectly good perch. But you made him podium where they took they took you when your name went down and Connolly's went up. That's what happened in this this year's past year's media day. Yeah, Did I know. You, for, for your five Super Bowls, were you podium worthy, deemed podium worthy for all for, five? No, of them? not for one. I think uh, the only one that I had the, the podium was, you know, the, this the last year? one. Yeah. Are you kidding me? You no, know, look, I mean, here. What? It, you mean, Offensive linemen, you know, we're kind of obscure. That's but listen, that's true. But you're, you know, you're 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 different. You not only have a personality, but I shouldn't say it that way because all the other offensive linemen. Wait a minute, I've got personalities too. I wouldn't mean it that way. But you're 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 Brady's protector. I mean, you're Tom Brady's protector. That's actually how I introduce myself. Yes, is that what you when said? I go out, when I go in to see my kids, they're like, uh, you know, it's like. Here's what my dad does for a living. Right. They don't introduce me as like, you know, this is Colin Light's dad. Or like, this right. is the guy that protects Tom Brady. This man keeps Tom yeah. Brady up. Yeah. Right. yeah, that's that's pretty yeah. much, that's that's how I'm known. That's not a bad. Which, which you know, it's got By the way, that's not, a bad, that's not a bad line. I can get reservation. dinner reservations anywhere. Well, you got a Visa commercial out of it, didn't you? I got a Visa commercial. Uh, I've had free free pair of Uggs, an Audi. <laughs> free pair. Stetson Cologne, are you kidding me? Come on. Stetson 
cologne. Which you thought that went what? out of style. Are you serious? Is you, that true? You thought that went out of style. Yeah, like with J.R. Ewing after when J.R. Ewing got shot. <laughs> I think that's yes. what it's going to Well, it's back. I promise you. It's you got back. out of your relationship with Tom Brady being Tom Brady's protector, Stet- no Stetson Cologne. Yeah. Really? And, and we, we ended up uh, using one entire bottle on the back of a guy's jersey <laughs> on his way out to practice. And yeah. I can't tell you how fun it was to have him look over and accuse everyone around him. Right. Of having the worst cologne on anywhere. Who'd you who'd you do that to? Russ. I mean, I feel bad about it. Who'd, I mean, you, who'd you do? Russ was our Russ Hoekstein, one of the one of my favorite all time teammates. Right. I can't tell you, and it's probably a guy that most people haven't heard of. He had the backup role for a long time, filled in. Well, Warren Sapp made him famous one Super Bowl. Warren Sapp did make him famous, I believe, and he played his heart out. I mean, the guy stepped in for Damian Woody for the Super Bowl, the entire playoff run. Right. But still, people, you know, kind of forget about a guy that isn't. You know, in the starting lineup week in and week out. But he's had that role for 11 seasons. Right. And he's done an incredible job. Besides all that, one of the funnier human beings on earth. So you you poured an entire bottle of the Stetson Cologne. And I'm telling you, it's quite pungent. It will sting <laughs> the <funny>. nostril. <laughs> yes, it is. It was phenomenal. And it didn't, ha- it didn't dawn on him until about halfway through mm-hmm. that, you know, perhaps this could be me that smells. It could be. <laughs> I mean, the quarterback's eyes are watering. They, they can't stay under center. I mean, it, everything's in a quick count. But Brady had to have known what it was <laughs> if he was the one who provided the Stetson cologne. Yeah. Just, it smells yeah. like a, a, a familiar aroma. And I'm just show you how I can just get thrown off just hearing Stetson cologne. Did you, did you say Audi? Did you say you got an Audi? Got an Audi for a year. For, for, because Tom had I a, think he, I had think an he Audi had a, deal. Yeah. And, and, uh, and I can tell you that, Whoever has that Audi now, and I and I apologize. It smells but, like Stetson Cologne, <laughs> and it is has the hardest miles ever put on an Audi. So you got the Audi, and then you had to give it back. Wait, yeah, yeah, which was tough, you know, because when you come, you become one with something that's free. Of course, <laughs> you know, you, you you truly do have a bond. Yeah, I'm sure you do. I'm yeah. sure you do. So you, and you had to give it back. How many miles did you put on that for the year? Oh, we had over twenty. Twenty. Yeah, oh, a lot of man. trips. I mean, if we had an option of taking one of our vehicles or the Audi, right. yeah, you know, so, some poor guy in like Quincy of Audi, uh, Audi of Quincy or <laughs> no something, doubt. got that car back on. Who rolled this thing that hard? Yeah, you know, and I and I'm pretty. <laughs> the accent was good. Actually. I see. I turn. I turn to my Chris Brockman, who's from the New England. Well, my wife, you know, she's from uh, she's from Boston. Yeah, she is the whole specifically whole Boston. Uh, the whole she's from Boston proper, as she likes to say. Oh. She's from Boston proper. Yes, yes, oh, she oh. is. So yeah, so so somebody from like uh, <laughs> Some, the, the Quincy Audi or something like and that. And they're probably trying to figure the out how the Audi. Yeah, certain marks get in this thing. Like I'm pretty sure an Audi isn't supposed to have a bass boat strapped to the top of it, or you know a. <laughs> A pile of clay targets and, you know, other awkward things. Or Mitt Romney's dog or something. <laughs> Governor Romney's dog from back in Massachusetts. Yeah, well. Oh, boy. We've been through it all. So you you uh, now have finished your playing career. How, how, how did you come about that decision? I, I guess I have to go back to... Oh, there's always that question. How long do you want to play? You know, mm-hmm. how, you know how long can you do this? How long do you want to play? And I think that that doesn't happen in year one, but after you've proven to yourself that you can actually keep up with the guys, you do start to think about it. So, you know, I think that number 10 is always a round number. Guys say, man, if I could play 10 years, that'd be phenomenal. And before you know it, 10 years, you know, it's there in a blink of an eye. And then you start telling yourself, okay, now, now what do I want to do? Well, going into my 10th season, you know, I'd had a number of different surgeries and dealing with the off season and, you know, everything that's wrapped around that. 
and then we had the lockout. <sighs> and so you, you go through, you know, in your mindset of, you know, how long am I going to do this? And then you have all this freedom, which wasn't really freedom. I mean, you know, you're trying to figure out how it's all going to play out and you got to, you know, continue to work out even though you don't have a facility. And so, you know, I think the combination of the lockout last year, kind of getting a little bit of a taste of civilian life, seeing my kids a little bit more how many longer into the year. How many kids do you have? I have a 10-year-old daughter and then two boys that are seven and five. Okay. And I think that, you know, taking all that into consideration, um, halfway through the year, it just, it dawned on me, you know what, this is, this is the best, this is the best run anybody could ever ask for. And, you know, and I'm not just talking about 2011. No, your whole career. The whole career has just been incredible. So, not if you, if you think about it. So, um, you have three kids and you got it. It's interesting how you said you got a taste of the civilian life mm. where you were able to just be around your family. And then yeah. so midway. So do you think you'd be playing right now if it wasn't for the lockout? If you didn't get that taste of seeing how the other half lives or. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I think it definitely played into it. Um, more so uh, was was the fact that you know look I, I i honestly thought that some of the issues that i had had i'd faced with my crohns and you know some of the things that have been nagging had kind of gone away a little bit and then they they come back in a big way and so you have a little bit of it is physical right mm-hmm. and i've never really worried about you know, am I going to be walking at 65? I, I knew going into this sport that I'm probably not going to be the most nimble of creatures, you know, <laughs> later on in my years. Sure. And um, it it, it kind of all surfaced in my mind. You know, it's I got I got kids that are growing up right in front of me. I can't be there for them for six, seven months out of the year. You know, I mean, by the time you get home and you're playing and you're older, I mean, you have enough time to get back and say hello, good night, go to bed. So. You know, it was the right thing to do, you know, and my kids are at that age too, where, I mean, you know, you know, you, you got kids. I mean, yep. it's, it's 10 year old daughter. I mean, there, there's a, there's a big difference between an eight year old daughter and a 10 year old daughter. And then the same thing go for, you know, my boys are like little terrorists. They try to burn things up and destroy <laughs> stuff every chance they get. So, uh, you know, help my wife out and being a part of the daily routine. I mean, it's been, it's been great. Uh-huh. And, uh, 14 surgeries in your career. Yeah, uh, uh, you had that. Were were most of them knee? I mean, how many? Ooh. I mean, you, you sound like the operation guy. Like we yeah. took out your bread basket and things of that nature. Shoulders have been done three times, and those mm-hmm. were all legit. And those are horrible. Uh, my knee's been done a few times, but nothing, nothing major, nothing critical. Although I, for a mere civilian, it might be, you know, earth shattering. Sure. <laughs> Just yeah. Kidding. But you know what? And then and then a host of other things that have come and gone and. You know, you have 14 or what was it, 13 inches of my intestine removed. That's always fun. That's your Crohn's disease is what yeah. you're referring to. Yeah. Uh, that, that you you did not let anybody know about that, correct, until after you retired? Yeah. That was sort of a, a oh, by the way, you, you know, know I, I, I had 14 surgeries and you had 14 surgeries in your career and yet you missed only two starts in 155 games. And then you retire and it's on top of all of that, you were battling Crohn's disease throughout the entire process yeah yeah and that, and that was a, uh, you know look you, you come into the league and you're a you're a young guy you know you're I, I was relatively healthy you know coming in I only had a surgery two surgeries before that and uh you know my rookie year you start bleeding in ways you didn't think were possible 
Which, by the way, Crohn's is like the nastiest thing to ever talk about. That, you, that's why uh, people don't talk about. Well, it. why don't you? Why don't you explain to people? Crohn's it's an inflammatory inflammatory bowel disease that basically your body views the uh, microorganism within your gut as being bad, which they are bad. If they're anywhere else, you'd probably be deathly ill. Mm-hmm. But it, within that region they actually help to break down all the food and obviously process all that and if you have an overactive immune system which is basically what crohn's is it will actually attack itself and when that happens you have a narrowing or restriction and once that becomes completely blocked you have a really bad problem and so for me it was something i managed it happened my rookie year through medication uh, you know, I didn't. I, I'm not a medication kind of guy. So how do you manage something like that without medi- Like you can't like mentally you manage it. I mean, you know what you do? You you deal with the pain when it happens, and you avoid certain things. You educate yourself as to, you know, how you can best fight it using other means, and then you know you try to get by doing it as best you can. And well, diet it, is it what you're referring? Diet to? is a big thing, and. Uh, you know, you, everybody wants to go organic and talk about how the health benefits of all that stuff. But really, um, you know, our bodies weren't designed to process certain things we process now. And so over time, there's been this big shift in how our bodies view all that stuff. Right. And so, you know, so through the diet and everything else, I was able to manage it until a certain point when it became so horribly bad that my uh, – what is it? Your um, What's the thing that gets inflamed? A lot of people have it removed. It'll Your rupture. appendix? There we go. Mm-hmm. The appendix. Mm-hmm. And so mine mine was so bad that it actually affected the organism or the organs around oh, the bowel. Okay. So my appendix almost ruptured. This is is this during a season at This any is point right. Um this is in June, the first of June. And uh of this past year. No, no, this is uh oh. two thousand it was just after we won the two thousand four Super Bowl. So you just beat the the Eagles? You just beat the Eagles? I think we just beat the Eagles. Okay. I remember I was Oh no, two thousand yeah, just beating the Eagles. I believe my – I can remember my wife coming into the hospital, and she had gone to the ring ceremony at Kraft's house, Mr. Kraft's house. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can remember her vaguely coming into the hospital room. But I spent 30 days in the hospital, and that's a, that's a, that's a horrible experience to go through. And you know what? All that said, right, and there's so many things wrapped around it. You know, when, you, when, they, when they open up your stomach and they remove your intestines, I mean, they got, it has to come back to life. I thought it was back to life. I started eating a ton. Ended up not moving anywhere. They had to pump it all out. I mean, just terrible Horrible. experience, right? Right. Uh-huh. But when you live through something like that and you're able to come back, and, and by the way, that, that surgery was at the beginning of June, and I was back in camp, you know, two weeks late. So by the end of July, you know, I'm back doing what I do, and I was down to 260 pounds. You know, you lose 40 pounds when you don't eat a drop or drink a drop of, of fluid or anything for mm-hmm. 30 straight days. So. You know, all that said, right, you can you can look at it one way and you can say, woe is me, this is horrible. I might have to have a bag for the rest of my life. I might not ever be able to function normally. How am I ever going to gain the weight back that I need? How am I going like, you know, how, how am I going to live my life and do what I do, right? Sure. Or you can, you know, take the other approach where, man, I'm just grateful that I'm alive and I'm glad that they were able to fix this for a while, knowing that it wasn't a perfect solution. Right. And, uh, you know, let's do whatever we can to get back. Do you ever think about talking about this while you were playing? You know, I didn't, and, and the reason why, um, I, I had I had two separate reporters that had called and uh, and and said they were going to break this news. They'd heard through some nurse or somebody at the hospital, probably. And I, res- you know, I, I respected their position as what they did. You know, for, I get that industry, I understand it, but I, I I politely asked that they wouldn't do that, and I didn't really give them a reason why. I just told them, you know, if, if they wouldn't mind not 
sharing that with the rest of the world. And, and they respected that. Uh-huh. And so I have a lot of respect for them in turn. Sure. And um, the reason I didn't want to do it is because I didn't want that crutch. As a player, yeah, look, um, one of the things I pride myself in is that if I'm going to go out there and do something, I'm going to give it everything I got. I'm going to lay it all on the line. And if it's not good enough, it's not good enough. And by the way, they're going to let me know if it's not good enough. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to compete against myself each and every day. And I didn't want somebody else saying, well, you know what, light, you know, he did as best he could, you know, given the fact that he's got Crohn's. I mean, who wants that crutch, you know? Right. Um, so that, 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 was, that was my reasoning behind it. But now you're, you're freely talking about it and you don't mind talking about it or, or. Yeah, you know. I, how do you stand, what's your, what's your feeling about it now that you've retired? Because in a way, I mean, I'm sure people who have this and are hearing that you, you played with it, uh, I can't imagine they wouldn't be inspired by something like that, that they could go through their their daily lives or whatever they're doing, um, not as a Tom Brady protector, but to whatever they're doing, it, it seems like this this could be something good. Yeah, you know, it's in one part was to honor, you know, you know, look, Mike Reese was one of the guys that came up and said, you know, hey, I, I know this is an issue or heard it was an issue. Are you going to talk about it? Right. And um, because he was Mike Reese and because he had honored my wishes, I felt like, you know, this was the time to do it. Sure. And and to, to your point, um, so many people suffer from this and, and nobody wants to talk about it. It's just it's no fun to deal with. And for the people that have heard the story, and I haven't really gotten into it a whole lot, but for the people that have just heard that I've suffered from it, the emails have flooded in. And, mm-hmm. you know, now they're saying, you know, look, I have a nine-year-old son that's been dealing with this. When he heard about you and he heard about, you know, you playing at a high level, given the fact that you suffer from Crohn's, it boosted his spirits Im- immensely. And and you can't – you had to put yourself in that mindset where this kid's been dealing with this every day of his life. Every time he eats, he has pain. And so, yeah, there, there's a part of me that says if, if that story can get out there and help a couple of those kids get by for a few more days or – to where they can maybe receive some better, you know, help medically. Right. Then cool. Good deal. You know, I, I, I can, I can talk about that. Was there at any point that you almost missed a game because of this? <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Several. I mean, se- several times where, um, you know, it was just hard to deal with not so much the pain, but just the constant, you know, it, nutritionally trying to keep weight on. And I, and I'm, I'm not a guy that wants to carry 315 pounds regularly. You know, I mean, with this great-looking physique, yeah, and, you know, yeah, absolutely. The ladies, the ladies demand what they demand. They do. I, I understand that. Sure. And and you and you struggle with this too. Yeah. You know, just sure. I don't people wanna... throwing themselves at you all the Always. time. You're not wrong. The podcast is a big chick man. <laughs> Word podcast at all. Sure, they, they love it. Oh, chick stick. Sure. It's a hot deal. But you know, it's it's difficult to maintain all that stuff. So, um, yeah, there, there were definitely times where I struggled. But I w- I would say that. You know, for a while there, I had a lot of, you know, it was smooth sailing to some degree. Mm-hmm. And then this this past season, it started to come back again. And it all goes into the equation. You got kids, you got health issues, you have, you know, something to be thankful for. Why push the button too far, you know? Sure. And you mentioned how there were a couple of reporters. You mentioned Mike Reese, a uh, longtime Boston Globe um, uh, beat writer. Yeah. Who found out about this and you were able to say, hey, do me this solid. And they they did. Uh, otherwise though, a, a locker room like the Patriots locker room, very little 
gets out of there informationally. I mean, airtight. Air, it is airlock. It's like one giant Tupperware <laughs> container. It is your 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 locker room has Ziploc freshness. <laughs> Yeah, we do. For information. I mean, it is it is airtight. I mean, the freshness parts. Maybe, maybe yeah. Stretch. Well, certainly, well, the Stetson cologne. We'll go back to that. <laughs> but it is it is airtight. And is that Belichick or is that a craft down to Belichick? I mean, it just seems that this locker room organization, nothing gets out of there. And any even Welker yeah. saying this past week, hey, my my contract's not going so well. Even that. That was such a breach of Patriot way etiquette or or operationally, such a yeah. breach of their operation that even Welker backed away from that when, you know, he's only talking about a guy who who wants what he thinks he should get. Yeah. So what what can you describe at least that for for somebody? Who's yeah. You, you know, I think. Uh, it's it's really a simple concept and. It doesn't really fit into, you know, the grand scheme of things when you look at the NFL and how a lot of other teams handle the media and issues of that nature. But uh-huh. I think the Bills' motto is, why give them anything? It's not what we do. We're about winning games. We're about, uh, you know, the Patriot way. And that basically consists of doing your job. I mean, it, it's it's so stupidly simple when you've been in it for so long, but it is a difficult concept to grasp when guys first walk in the door. And, you know, if, if, if you had something to gain, very rarely do you see a guy gain from speaking about any topic, whether it's, you know, something very mild to, you know, a contract situation, you typically don't have anything to gain from it. And so, and, and everybody else is kind of in that mold, right? And there's always been good leaders. There's always been veteran guys that have been around. And they kind of set the tempo. And you don't hear a lot of stuff in practice, you know. And you don't hear a lot of stuff around a locker room. And you definitely don't see a lot of quotes from our players in no. the media. No. And it's not going to come from our coaching staff. So when it's not there, it's not present, that's not the culture, it's kind of easy to fall into that. And it's it's also easy to, it's also easy to um, maintain that when you've got the rings, though, too. I mean, winning, winning cures a lot. Winning of that. does because yeah. if you're losing and you're not talking, and the media is not feeling like they're getting something, that's 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 the that's a bad brew. That's bad. a bad mix. So yeah. it helps to win a whole lot. A whole <laughs> yeah, you know. And and I tell you what, when it, we work with kids through our foundation, and and look, I've learned a lot of lessons. You know, playing for the Patriots organization, being around you know Bill and his staff, and. Yeah, you know, look, I mean, a lot of my adult life I've spent in that organization. Sure. And when I look back on it, one of the things that I that I, I try to impart to, you know, my kids, other kids that we work with, is the fact that you can literally ask people as as the leader of your organization, as the CEO, as the boss, as your as a father, you can ask people to do things that, you know, most people would balk at if you have two main ingredients. Mm-hmm. Number one, you win, and you're or you're good at what you do, right? Sure. And number two, you're in there doing it at the same level as as what you're asking everybody around you to do. So, when you look at how Bill, you know, fits within the organization, he's the first guy there. He's he's he he never. I don't know. I, don't know, I think he's got a cot somewhere. Yeah. I mean, you know, so you you can't argue his work ethic. You can't argue how much time he puts into it. You can't argue. You know, all the different ways in which he thinks 
on levels that most guys can't even begin to understand. And he really takes everything in consideration. I mean, situational football and all this, the little things, you know, it's, Matt, it's incredible. There, there, I've done this for nine years now, paying attention to the NFL every day of my life. And I have not seen a better situational team in any sport than the Patriots. We spent a lot I, of time on I'm it. I'm telling you what. <laughs> it's a, it's uh, unbelievable. I mean, from my eight years on SportsCenter and now the nine years or eight years doing this now, this is our actually our 10th season NFL Network will be covering coming up this fall. I've never seen, I mean, I guess La Russa and the Cardinals or what have you. I'm just talking about any sport. Yeah. The Patriots, all, I mean, if there's a loose ball, other teams are just like, okay, incomplete pass. There's always somebody mm-hmm. going after that for the Patriots. It's just, it is remarkable to me. And you say you work on that all the time. I mean, like after Non-stop. practice. Non-stop. How? Non-stop. How though? I mean, I mean you, you pull up, he'll go back and pull up film from when, you know, he was in New York in the 80s, you know, to, to, to prove a point. You know, look, this was a problem then. This is a problem now. Here's a rule change. I mean, rules. I mean, we'll dive into rules like you couldn't imagine. But it's always for in that quest to make sure that there's every stone is looked under. You know, there's nothing left out there that could be a what if. You know, every scenario has been played through his mind. I don't know how you keep that pace for as long as he's done it but that's bill because normally wouldn't you need has he has it always been that way because to me it would be you've got to get the macro down before you could fine-tune it to something like that or or he just assumes that that everybody has that ability to comprehend the game at at so many different levels does this make sense you know yeah, I, mean, I, mean, like, I think he brings in a certain type of guy right he wants a cerebral guy he wants a guy that can process a lot of different things and if they're asked to do things you know outside of their comfort level that they're able to at least explore that right right so there's a certain kind of guy that they look for and you know on top of that i think repetition will cure a lot of those problems you do it over and over and it's, it's just this relentless pursuit and it's kind of how we schedule schedule things i mean there's very little time to use the restroom, grab some food. I mean, it's scheduled every second of every day, which in a lot of ways is kind of comforting to some guys because they know exactly what to expect and how to go about right, it. Right, right. And, uh, you know, it's just that system. But, again, to do it at that level for that long, um, and, and he'll tell you, as a coach to a player, look, this isn't an easy place to play. But if you want a shot at winning, this is what we're going to need to go through. And did you ever have to ask for the hall pass? For Coach Belichick, you have to raise your hand and say, I have to go to the bathroom. That's what it's – You know, thank God his his morning meeting never went over an hour. Um, (laughs) Certainly if you have to hydrate. And, I mean, gosh, you never know what's going to happen. Tell me something about Brady I don't know. What do I know about him? You know, I think he's – what do you don't – you don't know a lot about him. He's he's, he's fairly secretive in his, you know, outside the football realm. Mm Mm-hmm kind of life he um although he's i mean he's an la guy right well i mean he's he got a now. spot he's got a he's got i mean he's got several a, spots to call right it a spot yeah here yeah. in the los angeles community i think would be doing an injustice to the word spot in any definition right. of the word spot but he does have a spot here yeah uh-huh. um and you know he's got the the supermodel wife who backs his play which i'd love that they're I'd, awesome they're i awesome l- i loved that when she 
went back. First of all, after, I didn't have a problem with that either. Uh, pl- come on. First of all, who heckles a supermodel? That's all I got to ask. I mean, please. I mean, who who heckles a supermodel? Someone from Jersey or, or, I guess. or somewhere in the, loved, in the Big Apple. I loved that she went right back at that guy. Now, the uh, problem know, is that it came across as maybe being, being uh, you know, uh, denigrating Wes Welker's play. That's <laughs> that's where the thorny issue became. You know but, what, though? But I'm pretty sure that in her mind, there wasn't anything about Wes in her mind. It was more, you're talking about my husband, and I'm not in the mood. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yes. Do you really consider all the ramifications when you say something and you're, and you're very angry in this no, world? of course not. Never. You're thinking about exactly what it is that just fired you up. And so... I think most sane-minded people mm-hmm. said, way to go, girl. Right. Good work. And and did you know after the Super Bowl this year when you were at that uh, – you and you and Gronk <laughs> were doing the Gronk, did you know that that was your last – that was your last Yeah. Game? You knew it. it. Yeah. That was over. And, and you know what? That That's not why that happened. I, I blame that solely on um, – Bud Light and, and, and their new platinum. I mean, that's 6%. No, nobody said that. <laughs> nobody put that on the label. They didn't make that, you know, they didn't make all of us aware of that. Okay. All right. You so. don't know. You had no idea. You were the <laughs> and, test case. And I was thoroughly dehydrated after what was a very that long game happen. indoors. Sure. But you knew at that time that was it. Yeah. Yeah. You knew that putting on your, your helmet that day too? I did. Yeah. What was that like? It was wild. And, and you try not to think about too much. You know, you don't, you don't change your routine. You don't do anything different. And, uh, but did you ever, going through it? There's just, a little bit of relief, though, right? It takes a little bit of the edge off when you say to yourself, hey, man, no matter what happens, whether you had the best game of your career or it's horrible, this is it. So just go out there and do what you do. Kind of let loose, you know? Uh-huh. Take a little of the edge off. Yeah, sure. It was good. It was. It, I mean, it, it wasn't good from the sense that, you know, this is my last game. This is the last time I'm going to suit up and put my pads on. This is the last time I'm going to have that sense of getting my ankles taped, which those are the little things as a player that most guys, you, you don't start thinking about those things till well after the fact or you walk back into one of those locker rooms and you see these guys in there. I mean, they're using this tape remover, this nasty stuff to get it all off your body. Mm. You know, you're in the training room and you're going through this stretching routine and you know, you got these certain smells that only come up in certain situations. Oh, no, no, but I mean, like they're they're more like you know, uh, certain things that you use. Yes, when you're getting ready, you know. Sure. And and it's, I never I never heard the aroma as a there's a, uh, as, as a powerful motivator. I never. I, I, I that tell before. you, you know, you put knee braces on for an entire season and they've never been washed. There, there's a lot going on there. Uh. Yes. Febreze will not touch that. I promise you. It's a Febreze-less situation. Very much so. Well, speaking of a a, a breeze in that respect, that's pretty crazy, too. You have been the protector of Tom Brady, and you have been the protector of Drew Brees at the collegiate level. I'm a lucky guy. Right? Those. Did you have – I'm trying to figure out. I don't know off the top of my head. Somebody between Breeze and Brady, or you went straight no. from Breeze to Brady. Well, we had we had Bledsoe for a few weeks. Okay, so Bledsoe for so you were you were protecting Bledsoe uh, in the Mo Lewis moment, yeah, which was wild. You know, they literally have the guy in the locker room, and he comes back out, and then he goes back, and he's got a severed artery or major he had a major line whatever major internal injuries sure and and they're and they're rushing him out as the game's over and uh what what an incredible incredibly scary moment especially in your rookie year and i mean old foxborough stadium and the whole night i mean a lot lot of crazy memories back then yeah and then brady steps in and just goes goes wild and you know it, it, it wasn't like he just stepped in and had it all figured out but he always had that swagger. He always had that demeanor that, 
you know, let you know that he was 100% committed and into it. And, uh, you know, it was easy to, it was easy to block for a guy like that. Well, you know what it is, uh, obviously, Matt, it's, it's the Wolverine in him. I had to go there. It's the Wolverine uh, in him. You know, I, I've, I understand. I've let a little, I've, I've I let a little of that hatred go, you know? Well, you have to, you have to, when you're the protector of Tom Brady, you have to let that go. When you lose every time you face a certain opponent. Yeah. It does make it very difficult. Well, after a while, you know, it just, you know. I had to go back to 1996, though. My my only highlight of my entire life playing football yes. came against the Wolverines when we beat them. I want to say it was five to nothing <laughs> at ross Stadium. Okay. I caught a 17-yard pass from Rick Tresker, a lefty. <laughs> okay. It was more like someone launching knuckle a grenade. Ball, knuckle, okay. knuckle I, I grabbed this thing out of the air. It was one of the most <laughs> acrobatic, uh, athletic moves you've ever seen. Why wouldn't it be? And then I trucked uh, Woodson. You trucked Charles Woodson in his in, in his was that his senior had, trophy? To be, had to be a senior year. His Heisman Trophy. I'm just I'm just saying. I mean, I mean, he probably remembers it. I mean, he's 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 it probably. Well, '97 was their that. Heisman Trophy. It was his was was his final year. So maybe was '97 his final year? Yeah, it was his Heisman Trophy year where he he edged out a, a guy named Peyton Manning for that trophy. It was an undefeated national championship season. So that hit that he took from me is probably what elevated him mm. to work a little bit harder yeah. to go the extra mile. Is that what it is? You you you're a factor. You're yeah. a factor, Matt Light, in so many that. different ways. And you didn't have to say that, but before, I appreciate it. Before I let you go, let's talk about your foundation, the Light Foundation. I know this is something that you have been uh um intimately and in, uh, involved with it's uh it's part of your dna let's let's talk about that briefly you know it's an awesome thing for 10 years now we've had um a lot a lot of great events that we host and uh we've been able to create programming unique programming you see there's a difference right in a nonprofit world there's let's host an event let's raise some money let's find a nonprofit that we can work with to you know help them further their cause and then there's the thought process of let's raise these dollars and let's create our own unique programming to find a way that we want to really make an impact. Right. And so we went from the throughway approach to really being more hands-on and we have a 600 acre facility. It's incredible. It's in Ohio. We Where bring in Ohio? Where my in hometown. Ohio? We're just outside of my hometown, right on the Indiana border. Okay. outside of Greenville. Okay. Yeah. Middle of nowhere. Um, very rural, a lot of woods, a lot of trees, a lot of bugs. Sounds it. And, we get kids in the outdoors and we bring them in from all over the country as part of our leadership camp, as part of our youth hunts, as part of our football camps and, you know, all the different programs that we've either created or we partnered with other groups. And, you know, when you, when you're around these kids and, and, and I'm a big believer in not being a one hit wonder, um, you know, these kids stay in our program for four years and you get to watch them grow up. And we had our first graduating class last year oh, in one of these programs. Fantastic! It's pretty awesome. Pretty amazing when you see a kid that comes in and he's, you know, a little goofy or a little kind of out there and doesn't have a good relationship with his mom or, you know, doesn't have a dad in the picture and teachers at school are telling you that, you know, this kid would be all right. But, you know, if he just had a little bit of direction and you give him a little bit of that direction and it comes in the form of family members that help out with the camp, comes in the form of, uh, you know, introducing them to people that can be a positive influence in their lives and, and showing them, you know, what the real world's like. And uh, it's been fun for me. It's been fun for my family. And, you know, something that I would say that of all the things, uh, my Super Bowl rings, they've been in a lockbox since the day I got them. I've never seen all of them together one time. Is that right? I would have loved to have had a fourth one to throw in there. Yeah. Would have loved to have had the fifth one too. But these, these 
chance. Yeah, I know, right? But you know, all all that said, right? Like, I'll probably never go to the lockbox to you know actively seek those things out and put them on display. But all the memories we've had with the foundation and the kids that we serve, it's been it's been great. That's up there. It's awesome. So why wouldn't you look at all three? Why why not? Why not? I just uh, I mean it's a, it, they're 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 pretty awesome. They really yeah. are. I mean I know you've seen them all. I'm sure the Kraft family hears that and goes, wait a minute. You know how much those rings cost? You're just chucking them in a box. And and, and I did insure them. I mean, I've got the okay, paperwork. Good. I'm sure you did. But, uh, sure you, did. you know, and, and they are, they, they really are amazing. I think one day my kids are going to get older and they're gonna be like, hey, Dad, what, where's that Where's that one lockbox at that has those? Mm-hmm. I'd love to see them, you know, and then that'll be fun. Okay. That'll be cool. You'll get spent. You can, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, that's great. Uh, you're you're awesome, dude. I, I, you know, oh, at, at Light Foundation, right? On Twitter? On Twitter, Correct. at Light and Foundation. Then, and then what's your what's your website? Uh, MattLightFoundation.org. And we just Matt updated it. MattLightFoundation.org. So. Oh, a whole, new, a whole new look. Good look, yeah. So you retired, and now you're throwing your work into the digital uh, area. That's very impressive. We are, yeah. And I know you guys are, too, by the way. What am I, what am I doing? You're, you're doing some crazy digital stuff here. At the oh, NFL we're crow. We're nuts. You oh, NFL media. On. Oh, it's, that's crazy. That's we're, yeah, we got it all working. And by the way, I've, I've always enjoyed our, our banner. Or back and forth. Oh, is that right? I have. Well, even though you, even though you know you, you, you on Patriots cam, we used to do that. We used to do on, we, on we had, Pat's we had, cam. We had some good moments. We had some. I uh, don't think is this your first time on the podcast? I don't think you've been on this podcast. I'm certainly in my shower curtain room. It's your first time here. I, I, I think I've called in. I think, yeah, I think you did call in. I once. think I have. Called he did in. call in once. I guess it was yeah yeah. My the producers are all reminding me. I guess it was that memorable. Every time. Every time. I know. Every time. I'm sorry. It's too easy. It's too easy sometimes. It's the low-hanging fruit. Do you do a Harry Carey impersonation? <laughs> I've been told that you do. Listen. Uh, or do you do Will Ferrell doing Harry Carey? I, I, do, I basically do Will Ferrell. I, okay. I, I'd like to do anything Will Ferrell related. Why not? Um, and, and if we had two seconds. We do have two seconds. So in this whole retirement thing, right, I, I would have been perfectly fine mailing it in until until somebody said to me, hey, don't you want to thank the people that have been around you for this whole time, right? Okay. And it dawned on me, and I was like... Mailing in what you're... Well, yeah. Ma- Mark McGuire once faxed me his retirement, <laughs> which Tony La Russa loved. I like that, That's too. true. He did. That's he, pretty incredible. Yeah, he just said, I'm, I'm retiring, and, I, and then I interviewed in him. In a fax? Yes. Like it came across your thing? And and because and, he didn't want to do the whole, what you're talking about. He didn't want to do the whole it's dog a and pony right? show. He didn't want to do that. He just wanted to say, I'm out, and and, and run off into the sunset. That's but again, because when you talk to the media, you usually don't have anything to gain. I, I forgot plenty of people when I... Did my speech and it, it, it's it's it, it's kind of it's kind of hard. Okay, so so you did. So did I'm you thinking do? about all this, right? And I'm, yeah. and, I'm, and I'm saying to myself, and and then of course, you know, when, when I speak to Robert and and uh, and and they, you know, the whole it's a whole family affair. They Jonathan are and Josh and awesome. Dave and the whole thing. I'm telling you, man, they're incredible people. They are. Oh, you know, I mean, you, you you're really there for the kickoff, and I'm not just saying that because years. yes, I was I've been the host of Patriots kickoff dinner. Three years. Uh, you went to the Super Bowl for two of them. Got to see you had a lot an more undefeated. Than you had an undefeated regular season in one of them. Oh no, we 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 have you up on the wall. And as each part of the time, reason. each time, I get you out of there by a quarter after nine. Which I have to tell you, that is an MVP performance. You, right there. You've always honored that quarter after nine. M- much appreciated. Yeah, you got because you guys got stuff to do. I mean, your auction skills do need a little touch up. I mean, you got, you got to be able to talk a little faster. You know, you got to roll sure. the tongue a little bit. No, you're not wrong. Other I'm, than that, you've been. I'm not saying there's not room incredible. for improvement. I mean, there's there's always room for improvement, just as you say that. But so, anyway, so the craft people are awesome thing. people. Yeah, yeah, and and they set this thing up, and they it literally, you know, stayed in communication with me. You know, worked at a date, did the whole nine. They put on you know first class event like they always do. There's there's no they don't know how to do anything else. 
And as I'm questions. thinking about this, like, what am I going to say? How am I going to say it? How am I going to do this? Right. And of course, this is like 24 hours ahead of time. In my mind, the only thing that I, I can't, I can't have a serious thought for five seconds mm-hmm. because every time I'm trying to mold this, the only thing I can think in my mind is how awesome would it be if Will Ferrell came and crashed my retirement speech? <laughs> like just as I'm getting ready to go up there, he yeah. barges in. Yeah. Yeah, and it's selfish because I I I, I want to see him like I want to okay. see him perform right. Sure. So it's probably selfish on my part, but I thought, man, that would be really. He's crashed weddings. Yes. I mean, As he's, he's crashed funerals. Crashed, yeah, he's crashed. Has he ever crashed a retirement speech? I, I think don't know. not. I think not. I want to be the first, or it was either that or I wanted to release doves. I really did. <laughs> and, so, and, 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 and listen, out of the release respect doves. of the whole formality of the whole thing, right? Yeah, uh-huh. I didn't do it. And and I'm I'm kind of upset at myself. You should have you should have you should have released the doves at the very least. So what did you do? You just played it straight. I played it straight. Well, you know that works sometimes too. It but releasing tough. doves would have been impressive. <laughs> I've never heard of that in any sport. Would have been. Phenomenal. And Will Ferrell. Wh- who would you wanted him to crash as? Ricky Bobby. Would you want uh, Anchorman? Yeah. Who would you want it? Which which Will Ferrell would you want? Uh, um, would you want would you want um, more cowbell? Uh, Will Ferrell. I mean, that's going off. That's going off the board a little it, bit, it is right going there. Off the board a little bit, or or even Harry. Harry you know, Carey. When sure. he when he did that one, it it was one of those things where it started off in practice, mm-hmm. and I would just do like the hi, you know, and the, and then like it, it just built from there, and then right. we would be messing around in practice, and then we get to the Super Bowl that year, and. There, Bill likes to have a little levity for the defensive guys he sometimes. Does. He it, does. It, it's okay. it's a little known fact. Okay. And uh and it really it maybe not so much Bill, but the defensive coaches, and I think Romeo had started it, and it was just something that they would do on Friday nights. I don't even know what their whole format was, but for whatever reason they came to me and they said, Hey Light, would you do the Harry Carey thing and would you have some fun with some of the coaches? It was the year that Romeo had, you know, already agreed to you know, take the head coach job, and Charlie was on his way out. Sure. So we had a lot of things. The mixing gang up. was, was breaking up. It was the last chance, right? And so I do this thing, and it, after the Super Bowl, I can, I'll never forget it. I didn't know that Mr. Kraft was in the room watching it, oh. which is kind of awkward. I was still a younger guy at the sure. time. Sure, And he comes up to me, and he says, you know, I took. I asked for a copy of that. I put it on the on my plane on the way home, oh. and we watched it. And I'm like, "Oh, God. that means Mrs. Kraft saw it no too." No doubt. Like, like who? Yeah. Like, how do I explain? Did you myself? work blue? Did you work blue a little bit? You oh, blue a little but bit yeah, right yeah, yeah, you yeah. You're my boy, blue. That's right, Bob. <laughs> That's right. It's another blue. Yeah. It's no. Another, yeah. You're right. Old you're school. Right. I mean, yeah. You could have gone so many different ways. I know, and and, and, I, and I wish I would have put more thought into it because he he would have come. He would have done something he, extraordinary. He, he, he would have accepted it. As if it was him getting it, is what I kind of thought, you know. And he would have gone on about his career. Instead, you went with your career. You went next level with your career again. Uh, 153 starts, 155 games, 11-year career. You went to the Super Bowl five times. And on top of it, the Light Foundation exists. And so many people were touched because of that. You are the man, Matt Light. You are the man. Good luck to you and your next endeavors. I'm... You're going to join the paparazzi that you so denigrated. This is never, it's never anything good comes from talking to the paparazzi. Nothing ever good. Just keep your mouth shut. Now it's just you got to flip change the script. Industry, flip the script. Man. I'm going to change the industry. It's, it's, it's not like it's if if this is what you choose. Just I mean, no one could have been worse than Sterling Sharp in his career. And look at him now. He's fantastic. You know what I mean? And look at yeah. him now. No, you're right. Good luck to you and your and your family and whatever you choose to do and whatever you're going to do, Matt Light. You're the man. Well, you're always a class act, my friend. Appreciate it. Thanks, pal. Yeah, that's Matt Light of the. Wow, I almost said of the New England Patriots right there. Formerly, formerly of the New England Patriots on the Rich Eisen podcast. Matt Light, everybody. 
and uh, Chris Long, Chris Brockman. This was a fun podcast. We had uh, amazing. I walked down a personal memory lane earlier. I, I can't wait for Katie Brown. How'd you feel about all that, Rich? Fine. I, that's my history. Are you worried I about us seeing these tapes? No. It no. is. It's, it is what it is. No, I could. I could go on and on uh, oh, sure. about my first night on the job, and well, we have to get her on the phone and get her back on for sure. Cause yeah. there, plus, plus, she's a stories. she's a great broadcaster. She spent you know, decade and a half as the news director, as sports director in, in Portland, Oregon. I like how it kind of yeah. came full circle with your. You met uh, Harry Callis in a bar, and then Harry Carey, Harry Carey in the bar. Your Philly roots, and right then, there. And uh, then Matt uh, Matt uh, Light does a Harry Carey impersonation. There you go. Who knew? So, it's pretty good stuff. Full circle. These things sort of fall into place, just like Namdi and Joe Walsh last week. And again, we're going to have our final podcast of the week coming out with me and Brian Dawkins, and that is when we will announce uh, the winners of uh, the signed autographed uh, the autographed copies of Joe Walsh's yes, Analog Man, which we've gotten a ton album. of yeah, we uh, tweets. We did um, get so. a ton of tweets. Good. Um, and also, we're going to give away a couple of the Billy Bob Thornton books. Yep, the, the Billy, Billy Bob, Bob tapes. tapes. I'm about halfway through that book. It's uh, it's really good. I bet. I bet it's real. I mean, I, I'm sitting on the beach this weekend just laughing out loud, Fantastic. and people are just looking at me. There you go. Yeah, or or maybe they're laughing at you. That's what I'm thinking. They're, uh, they're just wondering the why I'm just cackling to myself. Sort of He's looking for avocados with his shirt off. Oh, all right. Oh. All right. See, but that's, I don't, that's part of the reason why I don't mind you know, revealing part of my past since letting people in. Sure. Since we did that with you. Chris Crossman and your lovely uh, your lovely girlfriend. It's perfectly all right. Still dating her, right? Still dating. We're still good. We're still good. Um, and uh, very good. This has been a long podcast. So let's let's wrap it up. We got Brian Dawkins coming up uh, this week as well. The television show will be Brian Dawkins and Matt Light and Jim Mora Senior on Thursday at one yep. thirty p.m. Eastern time. We'll also drop a little bit of Jeff Schaeferin, who gave us a exclusive. big exclusive. That Curb Your Enthusiasm is not coming back just for this season. Uh, that he believes it'll still come back one day uh, soon. But this season, uh, the creative minds, Larry David and his partners, are getting together making a movie, a Curb-like movie. Not a Curb movie. It's not a Curb movie, a Curb-like, curb-like movie. movie. He, he's one of my I've, – I've had multiple friends that listen to the podcast come up, and they say, we love the Curb one, but one of the best parts, again, was the writers. And yeah. Yeah. just him hearing the back story of all the stuff, I, I could listen to him And forever. the dictator stuff. Is, wow. So that's, uh, that, that uh, uh, podcast with Jim Moore Sr. reviewing all films, including Jeff Schaefer's Dictator, um, that's out there as well. So go to richeisen.nfl.com for everything that you need. Thank you, Chris. Absolutely. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Rich. We will see you uh, on the next podcast. Stay listening, friends.